This is Falling in Love with Failure, and my name is Sarah Rose Kranger. This is our third podcast, and I'm so excited to be here at this third pod with you all. Whew. All right, so we've talked about um, learning to never stop learning, to be your best educator. And last pod, we talked about being open to opportunity, whatever that looks like, big or small, and how that can really be the key factor to you living your dreams and finding your purpose. And I know for me that... Those two lessons alone are the most important lessons I have ever learned in my life thus far, (laughs) Uh, especially for being a creative, spiritual being in an industry that can otherwise be very superficial um, and seem pretty shallow from the outside at times. Uh, I got started in in the fashion industry uh, about 12 or so years ago, and what it is today is not what it was back then, and it's amazing. I have been so um, excited to see mainstream fashion uh, really get behind a purpose and and many purposes actually, but, um, it's been really radical to see the change that has taken place within the industry from, uh, my starting days to, to now. And knowing that it's just been about 12 years and, and really, uh, the fashion revolution, uh, as I would call it, has taken place kind of only within the past maybe five years or so. Um, There were the rebellious uh, ones in the industry. Uh, I would include myself amongst that, not taking the traditional route of of many, many routes that the industry takes. Um, But we're starting to see the the public and, and the consumer really shape the the industry and seeing how your voice is now really being heard um, in in many areas. And so as a vegan fashion designer, as an ethical fashion designer, as uh, as a sustainable fashion designer, and also uh, just as a a woman um, with my own body image issues, uh, being able to look at an industry now that is starting to be a bit more inclusive um, to all bodies, and you know um, all colors and and it's beautiful to see what's unfolding this New York Fashion Week uh, for 2018 um, that just took place last week was probably one of the most 
diverse fashion weeks that we've seen. Rihanna uh, introduced her lingerie line uh, that was intentionally made and um, shown for everybody, uh, every race. Um, there, there were no, you know, you saw it on the runway. It was a beautiful expression of, of feminine, um, but fierce and all the, all of the different things that women can be instead of being just one thing that for so long we've been shown and depicted and told to be. And I don't, I try to stay as positive as possible and I'm not perfect, but, um, you know, I've always tried to, to lead and to guide through positive, um, change and, and not trying not to get negative or caught up in the negative, uh, commentary, uh, and instead try to just live the way that I would love to see the world. And, um, and so when I started my collection in 2008, I, I had a lot of different intentions behind it. And at that time, it was really only a few, there was really only a handful of uh, designers or brands that were really making, um, making that a statement uh, I remember I was in school and I had transferred from San Francisco to LA and Tom's was kind of just like, not just starting out, but it was pretty much in right in the beginning of their stages and this one for one concept uh, in, uh, or buy one, give one concept in fashion um, was just starting to really begin. It, it was, you know, it was this new concept of like, you could buy something for yourself and, and by buying something for yourself, you were also giving something to someone else. And it was a company taking that initiative and saying, Hey, you know, we're going to donate, um, with every purchase, uh, that you make to a cause that we believe in and that we believe correlates to our brand. And, um, and the business that they were in. And so I remember being in school and uh, I was at FITM in LA, downtown LA, and we would occasionally have different speakers come or different um, industry experts come. And uh, one day, one of the uh, designers for Tom's at the time was out in front, uh, uh, outside in the, in the kind of common area, um, courtyard. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, I want to work for Tom's. I just thought it was the coolest thing to mix fashion and, um, fashion and a cause so vocally together. And that was definitely, um, what I, and actually this is, this was after New York Fashion Week. So I had, I had gone, I had two shows and then I went back to school and continued to show, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But my first show I ever did 
I should say, was not New York Fashion Week. I did a test run, um, but not just a test run. I did a show with Make-A-Wish Foundation in um, New Jersey with a girlfriend of mine who started Garbage Gone Glam, which is pretty amazing, um, a pretty awesome concept. And she's done fantastic things with, with making beautiful pieces of art and wearable art out of um, garbage or... Um, you know, overstock uh, print pieces from businesses. And she's turned it into a, a really amazing way to, one, create and express her art, two, um, reduce and, you know, recycle and give purpose to um, dead stock materials. But three, a platform to be able to say, hey, there's a lot of waste in this industry, in every industry, and we're creating something something with it. We want to um, give a voice to, to, to all of this waste to be seen. And so we, we uh, hosted our first fashion show um, together in, uh, in New Jersey. And, uh, it was awesome. It was, it was that moment where I was like, okay, I am starting to see now how I can combine my passion for, for touching the world and, and making my mark in the world as, um, as a healer and a, an advocate for the planet and, and for, um, all living creatures and, my passion for, for creating and fashion. And, and so from there it, it kind of like unfolded and, and we'll get to that. But so anyways, back to the, the day at, um, FITM, but I had that show, I had my New York show and I had a few other shows, uh, across the country with garbage gone glam, um, where we were raising awareness about, about, um, about all of this, you know, about, reducing, reusing, recycling, creating, I created a collection, um, after New York from dead stock, uh, textiles, uh, from, uh, <laughs> things I picked up from the thrift store, curtains, bed sheets, bedding, tablecloths, um, plastic garbage bags, you name it. And I was creating a collection out of pieces that were, you know, otherwise considered garbage or are no longer useful. And it started to reveal to me the things that I could do with fashion uh, and and how I could make a change and a difference. And so within that time, I had been I was living in LA, traveling uh, quite a bit to to Florida, to New York, um, Chicago, and doing these shows and creating this collection. And along with that, I had become a, um, a veget well, a pescatarian at the age of, um, 11 or 12, maybe. And then a vegetarian very shortly after that, 13 or 14 and vegan after that. And, um, and you know, it all started out for that it was totally unrelated to at the time at that young age, really, knowing about the conditions of, um, animals and farming and that practice, but, uh, more so just, I actually didn't like, <laughs> I didn't like the texture or taste of 
meat and um and and I I didn't like dairy anyways. I, I didn't like how it tasted and I didn't like how my body felt after I ate it. So um but all this to say this whole this whole session today is on following doors, following doors of opportunity and no matter what they look like, how each one leads to uh, the next level or the next step. And it guides you, following these doors guide you and prepare you for what you have to come and what your your dreams and your purpose have in store for you. And so I say all this because I kind of got on, you know, I, as, as a kid, I always wanted to make a difference in the world. And when I grew up, I was like, that if that's one thing I know I want to do, I want to make a difference in this world. Um, I was bullied and, um, and knew that I never wanted anyone to feel bullied. Um, I, I had always had a heart for those who were just not, you know, the quote unquote norm or traditional human being. And, and I always felt like one myself. And so I, I knew I wanted to do something where I could touch the lives of those who felt like they were different or were told that they were different. Um, and, and also, um, have a voice for those who couldn't speak for themselves, animals and, and the planet and making sure that we make the most of, of this life that we have. Um, cause we're here and it's such a short period of time, but our impact is monumental and, and last for generations to come. And so, um, so I had all of this flowing through my brain at a young age. And, um, and so there was this constant battle of how do I, um, and, and I still have this battle, um, because there's, there's like running a business and then there's, you know, saving the world. And sometimes you can't do a hundred percent, um, in both and not sometimes like pretty much all the time. I feel like it's a compromise to get to the next level. Um, and again, we'll talk about that in the next, in the next few sessions, but, uh, you guys, there's a lot to dig into here. I'm going to get back to that Tom story, but before I do, this is falling in love with failure. Um, this is our third session, our third pod, and I am so grateful that you are here. If you are liking what you are hearing, can you guys leave us a review? Um, and a comment, a like, make sure to subscribe, share with your friends. Um, I'm hoping that this is doing some good in the world and helping someone out there. Um, yes. So thank you for being here. So back to my Tom's story. So, uh, this was, this was, well, while I was in my second year of Finham, I was continuing to travel and show and, uh, and, and go to school and, and get, finish up and get my degree. And, um, and Tom's came to our school one day and I just remember thinking, this is a company I have to work for. Um, they're making such a huge impact. It's going to change the way that retail and, um, you know, consumers shop and I wanted to be a part of it. So, I went and I chatted with the um, one of the lead art designers um, at Tom's and was just asking him how I could how I could be a part of the company. Now I was really young. Um, I think I was 
I had just turned 20. I still didn't have a degree, still working, um, you know, on accomplishing that and still (laughs) very relatively new to the industry. Um, and, and something he said impacted me to this day. And he said, we we're already doing this for shoes. You need to do it for something else. And, and he encouraged me to find out where and how I could do my own thing, similar or within the same realm of what Tom's was doing, the idea of giving back with purchasing and for an area that I loved and believed in. And I just thought, wow, one, this guy is like, you know, telling me to, to start something new. Um, and that was either his polite way of saying, look, you're still in school and we don't need you or, or he really meant it. And he, he was that on fire for, for changing the industry that he wanted to see other businesses, um, kind of create similar models, um, to, to their own businesses and expand from just shoes to, you know, every, um, category of fashion, beauty, and apparel. And, and that's the way that I took it. And, and it, to this day, again, it stays with me that, that comment that, um, that, that stranger, total stranger said, you know what, you need to do it. You need to do it on your own. You need to create your own business and, and join the cause that way. Um, I don't know what it was about that, but it was, it was amazing to hear that someone, um, who was working for this company that I thought was so, so, uh, you know, such a a disruption to a stale industry. And, um, and, and he was telling me, um, to do it myself. And so, yeah, so I just, I, that kind of stuck with me, um, definitely for quite a while, but I had been doing, I had been doing these shows with, um, Kristen from Garbage Gone Glam and I had already been doing that. And, and I knew that, um, when I had got to my, um, international business class at FITM and we started learning about the, um, practices of manufacturing overseas and the conditions and how awful they were. I, uh, not only how awful they were, but also how hard it is to hold on to your designs and, and not have them stolen and, um, how hard it is to protect your, your, um, you know, intellect, intellectual property, um, overseas. And so I knew in that class, number one, I was definitely never going to produce overseas, not unless major things had changed. And at that time it was just not, you know, there had definitely been stories about child labor and, um, the horrible conditions in, in the manufacturing houses in, um, in different countries and, and people dying and, and just, um, dying from going to work and creating clothes that we wear and clothes that we pay little to nothing for, and they get paid barely living weight. I mean, they barely survive. 
um, on these wages. And I just remember thinking, this is not right. And I cannot, I, I had this like moment of crisis uh, and I was like, I cannot be a part of an industry that supports this. And so blindly as consumers, you know, we, we support this industry um, that is doing awful things. And, and for what? For clothes that, you know, this was kind of pre-wear once and, you know, throw away. I hate that. I hate that. You know, fast fashion was definitely there, but it was kicking up to a level that, I mean, is completely unsustainable, absolutely unsustainable. And, um, and being at the beginning stages of, you know, we also were in the middle of, you know, the worst, um, economic, like collapse in a while. And so being a new entrepreneur in such, um, a challenging time for everyone on, on all levels of just trying to keep your home or keep your job or pay the bills. Um, but then adding into that, trying to run a business on a level of, um, Hey guys, everything that we've been doing is horrible and wrong. <laughs> we've got to change it all. So not running with a, an easy model, the traditional model of manufacturing and business in fashion where, you know, you just produced in China for pennies on the dollar and, um, you know, and sold fast, cheap fashion for cheap, unethical labor. Um, it was, it was saying, Hey, we're handmaking these things in Chicago or sorry, not in Chicago yet, but handmaking these things. I was in LA then. So handmaking these items in LA and I'm a new young designer, you know, with no real name behind me other than my, my first show at New York fashion week and saying, you, you know, I've got a price point set on these and, and this price point is a fair, just wage for, for what I need to make to, to survive here. Um, but also so that I can survive as a business and not have to sacrifice on my ethics. Um, and, and that being one of the biggest things initially is, you know, I was not ever going to sacrifice on my ethics. I, I wanted to stay made in the U S definitely, um, made as close to home as possible. And that was really, like the first foundation or layer journey into my path in finding purpose in fashion and and finding how I was going to be a part of something that would you know forever change the industry as it had been um to become what you know I have hope for in the future and and it's been amazing to watch. So, you know, that was, that was 10 years ago now. And, and to see that, you know, we haven't even gotten to the, um, vegan clothing and, and trying to explain to people (laughs) why you don't use leather and why you don't use real fur and, um, no skins and, and all of that. And, but there are so many layers and, and I couldn't have just gotten to where I am today without being prepared. 
for it. And so I started noticing that, you know, (laughs) there were these doors in my life. I call them doors, doors of opportunity. And I spent the next nine years following all these doors that New York Fashion Week um, and the one and a half semesters at Palm Beach Atlantic University um, opened for me. And I created that first company, Sticks and Roses, and it was you know, made to be an ethical and cruelty-free women's clothing line. And then um, I graduated with my associate's degree from FITM. And uh, like I said, I was traveling the country and participating in like hundreds of fashion shows, but each fashion show had a purpose. Um, We were raising funds for something. We were sharing causes, uh, raising awareness on, you know, different organizations or, you know, different lifestyles. Just, I just want to kind of run through where life has taken me and, and kind of share how, how, how important following these doors are and being open to opportunity and kind of kind of show you the different layers and and each one of these I kind of consider a fail and a success in many ways um you know there were there were moments of failure in each in each one and moments of success in each one but each each layer each door was teaching me something to take me where I needed to get to so I opened up my first store in in Chicago, and uh, and then I later opened up my second store, and and this store was you know amongst the likes of Dolce and Gabbana, Christian Louboutin, Jimmy Choo, just to name a few, and and you guys, I, I I've that's just the store, but. There are so many things that I've had the opportunity to do since, since, you know, taking that first step into this world. And, and it has led me to, you know, somehow uh, pitch a few ideas to a listening audience of CEOs at Disney um, and, and build an amazing fashion movement around the world with fellow Disney fans Um but with every interview I gave, I have said the same thing when asked about how I got into fashion and how I got to where I am today. My answer has always been, I just followed the doors that were open to me. I'm following what is available to me right now and just watching where that path takes me. And it seemed like such a silly answer back then, but it was all I knew and it was authentic. You know, I, I wasn't sure why I was really in the fashion industry. I knew I wasn't the best. Um, you know, there's there's greater, greater um, technical um, designers and sketchers and, and people that are just, you know, I feel better than me. Um, but we're all our own worst critics. But everything in life is temporary. 
And we should never be so attached and focused on one way of having our dreams come true. Especially if you are one of the free spirits that doesn't know what their dreams are just yet, like myself, my young self. I knew fashion wasn't my main passion, but it was the door that opened to me and gave me a purpose to achieve goals I hadn't even given much thought to. Like goals that I only remember briefly later on, you know, like I said, I thought my end goal was to show in New York Fashion Week and that was the first goal that I accomplished. But before I graduated, before any other major moments in my life, I was on the roster of New York Fashion Week and I realized then that one thing I knew I was good at was walking through open doors. Even when I didn't know what lie behind them or why I was there, um, which would be, would be a key element in even bigger goals later that I attained, the answer is still authentic today and is the biggest lesson I could have ever learned and am still learning. Being open to opportunity and being ready to jump in wholeheartedly are two of three major keys to success. We talked about finding comfort in failure being the first key. Um, If I could share with you a gift I was given and have also learned, that would be how to listen and to be ready for opportunity and open doors. Because there are doors everywhere, literally open doors all around you. Opportunity is waiting at every turn and plot twist to your life. And being open and ready to follow them is so easy. It's almost so easy. It's hard though. All you have to do is ask and wait actively. Now, I don't just mean ask people around you, although this is part of the process too. I mean, ask the divine creator, God, the universe, the energetic force you come from, the vibrational frequency that guides you, whatever you believe in, whatever you call it. All you have to do is ask, because I will tell you the biggest secret ideas, doors, opportunity, none of them come from yourself. And none of them are for yourself. That is the hardest part. You have to let go of yourself, your ego. You have to find your place in the vibrational flow of this universe or find the part of the body you were created to serve. What are your desires and goals? Are they selfish, selfless? What are they? I want you to write them down and think about them and meditate on them. When you discover what they are, that is when you then decide, how are my selfish and selfless goals connected? And do I need to find new goals? We are all here for a bigger purpose, even if we don't see it. And waiting actively is what I like to say I'm doing most of the time. We talked about never stop moving. This is the waiting actively. The moment you get out 
and are about and are involving yourself in communities in which you are fully engaged and alive, the better chances you have in finding those doors. It could be completely unrelated. Like I mentioned before, like my door into New York, the New York fashion world was found on a beach in Florida with the girlfriends, none of which are even remotely related to the fashion industry, all while I was living in California and, and they were in Florida. And that's crazy. And my first store was in Chicago. I mean, it doesn't get any kookier than that. But Every step I've taken, whether a mistake or not, has led to me led me to where I am today. The University of Life, my favorite university, every mistake I've made, I count it tuition in my education from the never-ending learning experience that the world throws at you while you're here. And and this book, for instance, um, when I started writing it, I um I was really, I was at home sick, but well enough to type on a laptop. And so I, um, I took advantage of that situation and, and being home for a whole day, which was really unusual for that time. Um, that didn't happen often. It was pretty much only when I was sick, I was home. So I started writing this book, Falling in Love with Failure, that I had dreamed about writing for, you know, over five years, seven years, however long it had been, but I didn't know what it would be about. But today I am ready and I know what I need to say. So if I leave you with one thing for today, that is the lesson um, and, and the idea of asking and you shall receive. Actively wait and you will see. You guys, The universe has so much in store for you. God has so much in store for you. And I am so excited to see what that is going to be. And the only way that God can show up is if you show up too. So get out there, ask for it, seek, and you will find whatever it is you are looking for, whether it's your purpose, your dreams, um, a relationship, a, um, you know, a change in career or a promotion. It is yours if you ask and you just be open to whatever opportunity that can that is out there for you. Show up early, stay late and work harder. Take the initiative, say yes to opportunity because the second you start showing up, God is waiting to reveal these doors to you. You just need to ask and seek to have the eyes to see them. You guys, when I, when I first started, uh, within the fashion industry, started working in the industry. I had so many hopes for the things that I could do and, and the ways that I could make a difference and, and really see, you know, I had big dreams for the industry, um, having a, an ethical vegan shift and focusing on sustainability and uh, creating less, less waste and getting rid of fast fashion. And, when I first started, that was unheard of. I mean, not unheard of, but it was so not anywhere near the realm of where the industry was at. And and so it's been amazing to be able to be a part of this journey during such a transitional time um, and and see the changes that, you know, major designers are, are, are making. 
and all of the different companies going fur free and and leather free and um, using recycled materials, sustainable materials, and and just the materials available today um, compared to when I first started is is so drastically different. The change, um, the bridges we've crossed, and you know the the canyons <laughs> that have been filled the gaps and we're still getting there there's so much to do but you guys as a as a young fashion designer who had hopes to to just try to make a difference on a small scale um you know 10 years out see that things are changing on major scales and and the who made my clothing movement and um you know, all of these different movements that are taking place and the different women that we're seeing on runways and in ad campaigns and um, and knowing that from the beginning that I started my company with, with all of these elements a part of it and, and making real women a part of my campaigns and, uh, and my shows and, uh, and women from, from every religion, every race, um, and and just being able to to say that our clothes are also made local and and they're you know ethically made the, the women that make the clothes the men that make the clothes here are treated well and and we're supporting families and homes here with every purchase and every creation every design and and you know and then take it even further and say that you know the the materials that we that we use you know we've been we've been on our own transition and 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 journey with the materials that we've used, but always seeking the best um, and latest and sustainable and, and, and trying to be as toxic free and lower our, our carbon footprint and so much, you guys. And those are things that like just weren't thought about regularly. And, and now not every, uh, you know, not everyone is doing it. It's still very new um, in terms of, you know, mass scale and and everyone getting on that page, but we're seeing the movement. We're seeing the growth. Your voices are being heard. And, and I'm so excited (laughs) to see all the change. You guys, (laughs) this morning I ran to Whole Foods and as someone who's been a uh, vegan vegetarian for half of my life, over half of my life now, um, to see that I can get a, a vegan Parmesan, um, you know, cube of cheese that tastes great and is made from plants and no animals were harmed and just all of the options that are out there and every industry seeing this radical growth and it is beautiful and amazing. And so I started off with the story of Tom, the guy, the artist from Tom's and I I wish I had known his name, but, um, he told me, that I needed to do my own thing, that I needed to start my own movement, my my own way of giving back. And, um, oh, and I forgot Ocean Conservancy. We give back to Ocean Conservancy with every purchase. But, but like, I want to give that message to you. I would love to see you flourish and you do your own thing. So get out there and get active and get involved and just follow passions, um, whatever they may be. Never stop learning, you guys. 
never stop learning and always be open to opportunity and fall in love with every part of the process, every failure, every mistake, because it all takes you to where you will eventually be. It's all a part of the process. This is Falling in Love with Failure, our third podcast. And oh boy, you guys, I'm excited for this journey. I'm excited for your journey. If you are liking what you're hearing, please let me know. Leave a review, leave a comment, like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And as always, if you've got questions, send them my way and I will do my best to answer them. All right. Thanks guys. Take care. And I hope you have a magical weekend.